0: Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's gonna listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to a very special episode <laughs> of the Degenerates Clubhouse. Armando, do you know what episode number it is this week? 69, bro. I have to admit, I'm a little bit worried. Why? Have you ever had a, a like a project that was big and you never could quite get around to starting it, and then when you finally did start the project, you just dove right in. You kind of crammed it, and you're just kind of hoping for the best, expecting the worst.
1: Do you do you have an example of that of of, uh, of having to like cr- just about every one of my college tests was like ah not true. Maybe maybe there was some classes where I actually took the time to study and all that. Most of them was like oh shit this is due tomorrow
0: you know see i'm, I'm talking about in this case an even bigger project uh, as you know i've been talking a while for trying to write a book okay um, i've spent the last month month and a half outlining and i finally got to the point where i'm like oh i think i get it i think i see where this story is going and uh thursday i started writing and like i've just been into it i've been deep in the writing process Ooh. so even this morning I got up early and I was writing. I was I worked my way through the first chapter. And at this point, I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like 1 20th of the way done this thing. This is nuts. But I'm a little bit afraid that maybe I blew my creative wad too early. Whoa. Which would be a shame. Because as we mentioned just minutes ago, what episode number is this? 69. And we are planning to lean even heavier into all the sex stuff than we normally do. Because we're filthy fucks.
1: Uh, I I think I'm probably more of a filthy fuck than you but I also don't know you, you tend to keep all the, a lot of that stuff kind of more secretive <laughs> <laughs> Wow, way to put me on blast here, Mondo. Thanks. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, you're a little bit more, you know, that's your that's stuff that you keep
0: private to yourself. Mondo's like, "Hey, are you gonna build a special dungeon in your new house? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that what's going on? You no, gotta, you gotta no, catch, not. Up. You gotta not, catch not, up. Not, not, not initially, not immediately. There is a special section of the house cordoned off. Let's not talk about that. Mm. Um, but the whole the whole point is we're leaning super heavily into all the sex stuff. Believe it or not, even more than we normally do. Yeah. So, Mondo, let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah, let's what, talk about sex, baby. What, what are do I, we have a, a collection of some we, interesting facts? We
1: have a list of some sex position facts that are like historic facts, histor- historical facts about sex positions. And I took a little bit of time before we started this episode to like. Get some of the better ones. There's 32, but they're not all that interesting. So I grabbed some of the more interesting ones.
0: Very important information for the listeners to know. Yeah, yeah, Uh,
1: So number 31 on the list. The sexual position known as 69 or 69 is so named because sex partners are mutually inverted. Duh. Mm -hmm. Similar to number 6 and 9 in the Kama Sutra, this position is known as the Congress of Crows. Oh, wow. Why do you think they... Why would it be...
0: Like I don't understand why crows. I'm confused too. Is is Congress just the name for a group of crows? No, it's murder of crows. Yeah, that's why. I'm, why, why is it like? Why, so why are they saying the like Congress of crows? Fucking stupid Comma sutrons. They don't for, know anything. He, but here's here's the funny part. You know, there's someone who just had their fucking mind blown, right? There's like those things that you don't really think about, <laughs> and you're like, wait, oh <laughs> that's what it's, it's called sixty nine six. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and a nine—a nine is an upside-down six. Oh my God, the nine and six are blowing each other. This is fucking <laughs> nuts. There is at least one person that that would be a revelation to.
1: Who? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, like, you know, somebody that dumb. Uh his mom, position- mom, if you're listening, no, chime in. She's not in yet. <laughs> Number twenty-nine. Saint Thomas Aquinas expanded the definition of sodomy to include all sexual acts and positions other than vaginal intercourse. Sodom was punishable by death, which would have involved a mutilation, burning at the stake, or hanging. Wow. Getting a little head and they fucking, you
0: know, kill you. That's not yeah, cool. Yeah, all, all because Sodom and Gomorrah, they were getting down and dirty and then God smote them. Apparently, allegedly, God smote them. Can
1: I make a confession? It's kind of, goof Kids kind of uh, making me sound really stupid. Uh, I never really, I don't recall reading the Bible that closely to like catch on to, or whatever, the testament of Sodom and Gomorrah with that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I watched the movie Year One with <laughs> with Michael, Sarah, and uh,
0: Jack Black. I was like, oh, that's why it's called it sodomy because the town was called. Uh, anyway. Mondo, remember how I was talking about how there'd be that person that would suddenly <laughs> realize. That, that, I was talking about me. That six, six and nine were inverted? That, the person is you,
1: Monda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's someone <laughs> close to me. Uh, number 28, in the Middle Ages, some people believe that children who were conceived in unnatural sex positions might experience birth defects. Dang, that explains my brother.
0: <laughs> Monda, did you walk in on your brother being made? How do you know this? Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, I was like three. I was like three years old. No. Uh, number 26, in the Middle Ages punishment for deviant sexual positions could be harsh for example the punishment for a woman on top position was three years penance people feared that such a position reversed the natural order of the superior male and the inferior male which makes sense sort of i get it but also how like when i think of it like i want to uh, express dominance i'm like i'm lazy so you get on top and you do the work does that make sense
0: from your worldview, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, I, I don't want to do
1: anything. You get on top and ride it like a cowboy. Number twenty-five. During the Middle Ages, doggy style or sex, a turgo from the rear was the most sinful position except for anal intercourse. It was considered beastly because it confused the boundaries between
0: human and animal. Okay. Um I like doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was funny that there's that little addendum besides anal. Because yeah. I believe now there is a whole thing in Christian circles of, of uh, girls who are saving themselves until marriage. Yeah. Where they're like... Anal like, is okay. Yeah. They're like, no vaginal because that's for God. But the butt, Yeah, that's for right now. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> all right. So apparently that dynamic has shifted a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number twenty-four. While having sex in water might allow to have more creative sex positions, seawater, the pool, or a jacuzzi is full of all kinds of bacteria mm-hmm. that can lead to urinary tract infection, a yeast infection, or worse. Thank God, I didn't catch anything from my scuba blowy. Do,
0: do, you, do you remember the, the, there was the quote just earlier about how weird sexual positions could lead to birth defects or something? Uh huh. Uh, you, I was like, maybe that's not true, but if someone had sex in the the hot tub that was behind the yeah, house in college, oh. that that's how like like the toxic adventure is born. Oh hell yeah! Like like a little baby Deadpool would pop out. It's just like a mixture of everybody's semen and ooh, and hot water like and weird. chlorine algae and bacteria and maybe some small dead animals oh, i was that was a you know i had some good ideas about fixing the house up that was not one of them it was a good idea it was just executed poorly on our on our
1: behalf anyway
0: number- Ho- hopefully no children were ever conceived in that hot tub we can't be sure
1: <laughs> yeah we don't know uh number 20 women consistently rank these three positions as their least favorite number one doggy style Number two, rever- really? Yeah, number two, reverse cowgirl, and three, the sixty-nine. Women report that doggy style is often painful, reverse cal- cowgirl is too awkward, and sixty-nine is too distracting to really enjoy themselves. Here's what confuses me: I-, I could see how, I could, yeah, I could, I could say if I was like a, if if you're a chick, I could see a doggy style could be uncomfortable as fuck. Unless they're like total, like face down on the pillow, ass up. Okay, that's technically doggy style that's probably a little more comfortable. Reverse cowgirl, though, I heard that one is more... I think I heard that one, like, that one you hit the G-spot oh? more frequently okay. than regular sex. And 69 is just cool.
0: So, screw you girls. Um, I, I think... I feel like reverse cowgirl just doesn't hit it... Besides that one very particular spot, it doesn't hit some of the more mentally stimulating spots because like you can't see your partner. <laughs> okay. I right. It. So there's that. I was going my head at that for a I second. Do, I do think, you know, that's the same thing with doggy style, but I do think some women kind of like where they felt like they're being taken. Like it's, oh, it's aggressive, yeah. but, you, but they don't have that in reverse Calgary because then they're on top and you're not looking at each other. So I could see mentally where that wouldn't be as fulfilling. Yeah.
1: Number nineteen, sexual positions beyond missionary are technically illegal in Washington D.C. What? Yeah, I I saw that and I was like, "Is that fucking true, dude?" I mean, not that not that I care. I don't live in Washington D.C., but that'd be kind of funny if like.
0: So it's like, so the politicians from Washington D.C. they can fuck everyone as long as it's missionary. Yeah, they can fuck anybody's
1: mouth. (laughs) That's for money, but as long
0: they can fuck the whole country. Yeah, but it just has to be missionary on top.
1: Uh, number 18, sex with a woman on top is the most dangerous position for men. Nearly half of all penile injuries occur when the woman assumed the, this position. Yeah. Half <laughs> of the study's participants reported reported to have actually heard a cracking noise oh, no. at the
0: time of the inj- injury. Ouch. Oh, my God. It makes me a little bit nervous, right? Like, that's one where... I will have my hands firmly on the hips. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, to kind of control a little. We're bit, like, yeah.
0: if they get a little bit too overzealous, like I'm just, I'm just gonna
1: eject. I, I used to have, I won't. This was a girl in college, so I won't say which one of the girls in college. But one of the girls in college uh-huh. was when we had like she'd get very, very wet down there. Okay, and it, and it I thought it was like I was doing something right. <laughs> That's the ego, but it turned out it was like she had, she had some clinical or medical. She had would sex I, in the hot tub. But. No, or maybe <laughs> no, no, no. And, and I, you know, I thought, I, I thought it was, I, I thought it was kind of cool, but at the same time, it was kind of like when she was on top and mm-hmm. that extra slickness. I was, I that did cross like my mind, like if she got too crazy, that mm-hmm. like my ling would slip out and like break. Like it was scary. It was a thought that I was like, oh, dude, she better.
0: Uh uh-huh. huh. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movies where like they're in a helicopter or whatever and they hit the eject button and they like fly out? Uh huh. There was definitely one time where I, I like I got really nervous and I, I launched somebody like they were oh, yeah? ejecting out. <laughs> like, <Yeah. I'm>, like, <laughs> Get off. Get Oops. off. <laughs> i sorry.
1: I heard it crack. Get off. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. Um, number 17, some of the more interesting names for sexual positions include Scissors, the Crab, the Snake, the Rabbit, the Wheelbarrow, the Willow Tree, the Groundhog, and the Butterfly. And Spider-Man. What they didn't include was like, you know... Uh, pussy cook, put, what? <laughs>
0: uh, Cleveland steamer, and like all the like. The- Do you know what the Spider Man is? No, that's that's when you it's you, you're having sex, but then you come on your hands and you throw it at their face. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Gross. That's, that's, that's a completely. I can't remember where I heard that. It was on some podcast where I was like, I get the joke. I hope no one has ever actually done that. The donkey punch. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of other kind of cool the cleveland's team. yeah most of the ones that are funny are also extremely misogynistic so yeah. i hope I, like i said i hope they're just jokes but you know for sure someone has tried them oh yeah
1: absolutely uh number 10 men who suffer from premature ejaculation find that women on top position helps their problem for some men woman on top reduces penile sensitivity and anxiety which helps them delay climax that's another reason for I want me, why, why I want girls on top.
0: Yeah, because instead of, you know, there's that whole thing, oh, you're supposed to think about baseball or Margaret Thatcher <laughs> naked on a cold day. You know what's even more unarousing is thinking about your dick getting broken in oh, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the whole time you're like, please don't break my dick, please yeah. don't break my dick. Apparently, yeah, I could see how that would keep you from coming too quick. The uh, number three, the Latin name
1: for doggy style position is coitus gorum. Okay. Friggum or something like that, which translates to sexual intercourse in the manner of wild beasts. Nice. In the Kama Sutra, an ancient Indian text, it is known that it is known as the cow position. <laughs> hey, baby, you want to do it in cow position? That was doggy style, right? Yeah, doggy yeah. style. I think most women, if you refer to it as cow position, would be like, "Are you calling me a cow?" And then there'd be
0: the end of that sex, uh, whatever.
1: Number Dude, one, cows are
0: sacred in India. Yeah, and, and that's Indian because chick- I view you like a goddess. Yeah, Dang, save yeah, it. Let's go. That would work, that'd work
1: <laughs> if you're fucking like a Hindi chick or something, probably, but not a not a Christian gal. Uh, number one, Speculum alfoderi is a 15th century text devoted to sexual positions, sometimes translated as the mirror of coitus. It's, it's also the name for the disease that you get if you fucked in her hot tub. Okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, the the uh, sometimes translated as a mirror of coitus or literally a mirror for fuckers. <laughs> it's described as uh, the art of various sexual positions. That's it for sexual position facts. I hope you guys learned something. And
0: <laughs> educational. You know what? This really was in some ways. It's like reading Rainbow, but for degenerates. Yeah, yeah it was a special a special edition of degenerates history. The more you know. Ring. That would be hilarious if we, I. You know what? I have to make a graphic where it's like a play on the. <laughs> Degenerate history and the little little rainbow stars going across. I'll get on that. Sure.
1: Uh, we are now going to the world of Reddit and staying on top on the on the topic subject of just. Oh,
0: we'll stay on the top, the boning. bottom, and behind. Let's yeah, go boning.
1: Reddit question number one, Aaron. What is the difference between uh, what is the difference to you uh-huh. between sex and making love? Ah.
0: Uh, <laughs> so I mean, we 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 got into sex. Sex is. You're you're all about physical pleasure, Uh right? Like you you're you're trying to fuck your genitalia into a state of euphoria. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, the other person's too. Yeah, I mean maybe. Yeah, Um, that's 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 up there. That's like one in one A. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) 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 Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know what? Like for me, mentally, like it actually is really enjoyable when I feel like they're getting off. Yeah, so for like, sure, for sure. I'm not so, saying anything. So, so, like, physically, obviously, I'm going to enjoy it if I have a really good orgasm. Mentally, I enjoy it a lot more where I feel like they had a really good orgasm to the point where I would I would make this trade. If, I, if there was some devil's monkey paw scenario where it's like, okay, every other time you have sex, you can't orgasm at all, but they're going to feel great that second time, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Because yeah. mentally, it would be really stimulating. But... Like, you know, for like for me, like uh one time going down abroad and
1: like I was doing a pretty damn good job of it and like she started like arching her back to like kinda like kind of like,
0: like lean into it some more. I was
1: like, Oh, she like it. She like it. So, so, so that helped my ego
0: some. So okay, so basically, yeah, to try to sum it all up, I got this, ready? When you're having sex, you're trying to fuck their body. Okay, when you're making love, you're trying to fuck their soul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how you
1: made it brief and kind of digestible, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Sure. I'd have to agree with you. I think when you're, I, I think, here, here uh, tangent, I think the problem with uh, people dating nowadays is most people aren't um, up front about what they want. I think, like, it's very easy for a guy to say, I just want to fuck. Like, that's, you know, but there are girls out there that feel that way too, but, you know, for whatever reasons, they're unafraid to speak out on it or actually like tell, like be open and honest about like yeah I just want to get laid like if I think it would help relationships and marriage more if people were to do that that being said like there ain't nothing wrong with fucking I've had I've had friends where we were just benefits and that was great and that was awesome but yeah when you when you're making love it's it's like uh yeah you care about somebody you wanna you wanna like I think you I think you can care about somebody and fuck them but you can't how do I say this you can't You have to care about someone to make love Yes Yes And when you're fucking them It could be either way It could be You don't give two shits Or you do kind of care about them I think either one's cool I think right now Right now I'll settle for a fucking Whoa (laughs) you hear the song? No I don't know if you're allowed to play it If this is going to be 10 seconds if you stop talking Okay
0: uh, you, you stepped over the line. Uh, if you guys that. haven't heard that, it's an amazing song. It's called I Just Had Sex by Lil Island. It is hilarious. Uh, yeah. I was just trying to get to the line where they go, I, I'm not even going to try it, but Akon, uh, in a, with a little bit of autotune, goes, I just had sex and it fell. Oh, I can't do it. Listen to the song. <laughs> Some of the answers on Reddit, user
1: Abe Froman writes, sex is about the act. Making love is about the person.
0: Ah." Oh, Abe, you sweetheart. Uh, Use your
1: thickum nuggets. Their answer is the emotional connection. Yeah, that's what Abe said, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like how I said it better. Oh, I like this one. The way this person says it's a lot better. User god, Godfather Owl. I was trying to read their name. It was kind of. Anyway, User Godfather Owl writes Making love, I fucking love this person. Having sex, I love fucking this person. Huh? huh? Mm-hmm. I, if
0: I didn't butcher it, it would have. I still think the way I said it more poetic. That's fine.
1: Um, um, last one I'll read. User billion billionth times a charm writes. Fifty cent is only into one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Anyone, anyone that knows that uh, what's it's uh, that what's your birthday? Right, it's your birthday. I think it's in the club. In the club, that one. I ain't into sex. I ain't into making love. Yeah. Good one. Good one. That's it for question number one. Reddit a question number two. What's the worst thing a woman has done on a first
0: date? I this, this was I don't know if it was Tinder. It was one of the the dating sites. So you know what this sounds like Tinder for the for the purpose of the story. It was, this was a Tinder date. Like I, I show up and she's like very aggressive in terms of like just giving me shit. Like right from the get go. Um, like sarcastic type of giving you shit. Or See, I I th- I, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I think maybe in her mind she's like, "Oh, I'm being like playful and flirty." But it was like weird stuff where, like, I remember like I ordered a, a drink, and even at that point I wasn't really drinking a lot, so I was just getting like uh, vodka and waters, because it's, it's easy on the stomachs and not a lot of sugar. And she's like, ah, "That's a little bitch drink." I'm like, uh, "Oh, yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah, 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 cool." It was a lot of stuff like that. She was also like doing the same thing to the bartender. Where I'm like, "What? What are you doing?" Yeah, right. Um, and then. <sighs> And then when we order our second round, she makes this like I th- I thought it was a joke where she was like, she's like, ah, I might I might get fucked up, but uh gotta be careful. My dad was an alcoholic. And oh she said that yeah. on her <laughs> first date? Yeah. Oh, this is like this is like 10 minutes in. Holy and Jesus. like I I was definitely just like taken aback, yeah. caught off guard, yeah. if you will. So so I'm like, okay, just so I know, are are you an alcoholic? And then she starts bawling. Whoa. <laughs> just like waterworks. Like, I can't believe you would say that. How could you say something so insensitive? I'm like, holy oh. shit. What did I just walk into? Yeah. And, oh, that was the other thing, too. Like, I remember the whole time she, she would say something shitty, and then she, she'd be like, you want to leave. You want to leave, don't you?
1: And I'd be like... Your face probably showed it though. Your face probably showed like the kind of like
0: oh I made a mistake. (laughs) She probably read into that prior. Prior to that, no, because again, I think she had literally had people just leave in the middle of dates on her. That's where I think that was coming from. No, she was that obnoxious. Oh no. And I kept. I was like, I was like, no. I mean, asking me if I want to leave is is kind of weird though. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And. hot but she's like you want to leave i'm in my head i'm like yes yeah. yes i do i want to get the fuck out of here um it does seem like a lot on a first date was she hot she was smoking hot
1: oh so she was like one of those like 10 on the hot spectrum and the crazy matched it like it was like way
0: dude you know what i have no idea what was going on that was the first and last time i <laughs> ever saw her uh so maybe something happened to her family who knows but it was, like, literally 10 minutes into the date where she mentioned her father being an alcoholic. I, I really wanted to make sure, like, hey, just so I can maybe, like, spot you so we don't end up on a bender. Like, yeah. do you have problems? Water works. I yeah. can't believe you would say that. It's so insensitive. And then I never saw her again. <laughs> and I was completely fine with that. Damn. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, usually, usually you... You ease into finding out crazy things about somebody. Not in the first date. They're like, "Oh, I'm an alcoholic. I have a problem. My dad, has a drinking problem." And uh, you want to leave and you hate me and saw a pity party. Like that's like, whoa. When you said the first thing about uh, about her, you know, saying your drink was a bitch drink, I was like, okay, I can get that. Like if I went on a date with someone and they they did this one of those things to me, I'd be like, okay, I can dig this chick's kind of like it, aggressive. It, it wasn't
0: that it was one. It was like just a stream of them. And it wasn't just me like she was I can't remember exactly what it was. she was talking shit about something I don't know if it was like the bartender's shirt didn't fit or something like that where I was just like, what's going on yeah. and rein it in you know yeah you, you, you remember that whole thing about first impressions like yeah. <laughs> you, you were uh making your first impression that you were a thunder cunt. thundercut thunder <laughs> holy shit, I don't know where that came from, but yeah, you get the gist thundercut um
1: uh. What was the question again? Fuck! It was uh, oh, what's the worst thing a woman has done on a first date? Um, I I don't have any really bizarre ones. I would say that well, the what I guess this counts is I've been catfished before. Has that ever happened to you? Like I got no. catfished. Like I would like uh, it was one of those online. Th- this was a long time ago. This was like seven, eight, nine years. Like it was a long time ago. And <clears throat> you know they didn't look
0: like their MySpace profile.
1: No, it was a it was a dating app, but it was like uh. I don't know what it was. It was one of the free ones. It wasn't one that you had to pay for. Anyways, from her photos, yeah, they were her. <laughs> they but they were her probably when she was like sixteen or seventeen or you know what I mean, like younger. No, I don't understand. Why were you trying to go out with a sixteen year old? No, she just looked younger. I was like twenty two. It was and so it wasn't it wasn't like S- same question, man. Why were you trying to go out with a sixteen year old? She looked she looked younger. Okay. not like illegal younger, dickhead. I, but okay. The, so just, anyway, <laughs> but on but on top I'm of that, I'm just
0: asking questions but here. Uh, but
1: on top of that, like so when we so when we go on this date, she, she was a lot more full figured than. That's what I'm saying is like she, like she could have looked like that when she was a a younger person, mm-hmm. and then ballooned up in her late in her twenties or whatever, and just got like like out of control, big. Like it was, it was pretty. It's. I'm okay with bigger, you know, uh, curvier chicks. That's all good, but like, w- you got to represent yourself kind of more accurate on those apps. I mm-hmm. think, like, if you if you are you, like, I don't use pictures of me when I was in high school. Like, I was way thinner then. I looked ha- how I had hair. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I had chiseled cheekbones. Now I got a jowls. So it's like I don't put those pictures up. Uh, on you don't my, have jowls. Come on, come I on. I don't buddy. put I don't put those pictures up on my dating profile. Like oh, like my dating profile images are like within the year maybe i would think or at least they don't inadequately represent who i actually look like gotcha and so that was probably the shadiest or dirtiest thing it did chick did but you know she was nice and we talked for a while and and even afterwards and the dinner was great and <laughs> i think i think more than a few people that were sitting at the restaurant got eyes and were looking at us too looking at the like the odd couple like because i had you know the body i have now more or less and this chick was like you know, <laughs> like pretty big. Like Jabba the slut. I, if she was a slut, I would have, you know, bit different story, but it was just more like Jabba. Uh, but yeah, that was like the worst.
0: Being catfish was pretty, pretty uh, fucked up. I, I was just saying that she was rotund and trying to make a play on words. Well, she was ro something.
1: She was ro, she was roound.
0: Right. Um,
1: We're gonna move on. The uh, some of the answers on Reddit. Monday sucks. Writes got so nervous that she knocked a bottle of sparkling water all over me. We've been together 16 years now. Married. That's the worst thing. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. That (laughs) person's fucking dumb. User Tuxmando writes. She suggested me go to a party she was invited to. Most of the party she spent in the bathroom snorting cocaine and having sex with the ex-boyfriend she claimed oh. that she hated. It started off good, and then it just took a, a bad turn. I, this was a, makes it kind of more pathetic. I did meet a cool dude in the punk band. I ended up dating his sister a couple months later. Oh, okay. Oh, God. User the Duke Inc writes men, please don't take women to expensive restaurants on the first date unless they are unless you are filthy rich. Mm-hmm. Some women are women are just looking for free food. That's mm-hmm. fuck. I think that's that is true. One hundred percent.
0: I mean, we're going to fucking McDonald's, Brad. I'm just kidding. You do also don't want to like you don't want to set expectations that are unrealistic. Same thing. Like I think when you're on a first date, you 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 don't want to dress like you just rolled out of bed. Like you want to wear clothes yeah. that reflect who you are, but you don't but dressing up like super fancy and stuff you'd never wear, it just doesn't make sense. Like, because next time they see you, you're going to be like, well, why aren't you dressed like a fucking Armani model or, or what have you? So, yeah, you just want to be authentic. I'm going to read a couple more. I've already read these two as I was, as you were giving your
1: explanation. They're funny. User Ark Ryle writes, She ate food off my plate. I'm not talking about stealing a fry either. She damn near ate everything. Ladies, this shit isn't cute.
0: Oh, shit. He went out with that same girl you did who Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah dude, if you want to... I remember, like, asking her... Because I normally just order, like, my meal and a drink or something like that. Like, I never ordered appetizers. But I was like, do you want to order some appetizers? I think we remember, I remember getting, like, two or three appetizers with this, bro it,
0: it was like... Uh, you remember that sketch with uh, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, and David Spade? Where they're all, like, like... I think there's supposed to be high school girls at the mall... I just remember Chris Farley, like, ordering all this food, and they're like, whatever. Tiffany, you're going to break your diet. He's like,
1: lay off me. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, last one I'll read. User Rob Wins 2022. I had a woman at a first date start complaining about how awful it was to have to live around, and he spelled it out, by the way, N-words. He spelled out the word. I won't be. Oh, okay. um, by the way, this was at a mixed-race coffee shop, oh. and she did it loudly.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know what? That, that one takes the cake. The girl who was giving everybody shit and then went into hysterics was not enough to make me get up and leave in the middle of the date. Uh, I certainly did not try to extend it. Yeah. That's one where I'd be like, and I will see you later. Peace out. Yeah, sorry. I gotta... I'll talk to you never. Bye. That is the line.
1: That was it for the world of Reddit, sir.
0: The line for... Uh, Walking out on a date, we just found a really clear one, but the line for what is doable in movies when it comes to sex scenes is very fluid. (laughs) (laughs) Fluid, get it? I I did. Awesome. Awesome. I got it and I said it. So, we are going to discuss some of the the greatest, not necessarily in in terms of actual sexiness, but most maybe memorable is a better way to put it, sex scenes in movie history. First one on the list, Mondo. Okay. Monster's Ball and the scene was between Billy Bob Thornton and Halle Berry and I think it's of note because Halle Berry won the Academy Award for Best Actress after Monster's Ball. Are you familiar with the scene? That's what she gets railed doggy style. Uh-huh. It's pretty cool. Uh and you know what? The, uh, Halle Berry obviously smoking hot. She's mm-hmm. been—that's actually one of the main characters she plays in movies—is smoking hot girl. Yeah, she was like smoking hot mutant in X Men. She was sort of smoking hot, a little bit uh, unstable and hurt person in Monsters Ball. She—that's that's one of her, her go-to's. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is sort of terrifying and has sexual magnetism at the same time. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was with uh, Angelina
0: Jolie for the longest time, and they were doing their weird shit. Yeah, apparently they had like vials of each other's blood. So he definitely brought something to that scene as well, and I personally—I don't know about you—I support Halle Berry getting an Academy Award for having to do a sex scene with Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, I wonder if you think she took that into account. She's like, mm, I might get an Oscar for this. <sighs> okay, I don't know because saw,
1: I saw—I haven't seen the movie in a long time, so I don't remember the plot or premise of it. But it was—I remember there was like some IT high, sci-fi element. Hacking shit Anyway was, That's
0: a different movie But okay didn't, No anyway. that's Swordfish That's a whole different movie Oh okay yeah you're right I fucked it up I crossed them Next movie it's, it's actually a series of movies That I don't think Either one of us have seen But need to be discussed Is the 50 Shades of Grey trilogy Trash Hated it Here's the thing Maybe it's trash But the trilogy sold more than 150 million copies Worldwide Yeah cause women
1: are fucking Evil, dark, sexual creatures. And that movie, that, bo- that book, and the movies allow them to express.
0: Do you, do you have to add evil? Are they evil, yeah, Mondo? Just yeah. because they want to explore their sexual urges, too? It makes them evil. God. Not, you're, no. you're, you're like those. Uh, you know, puritanical people who oh yeah want to burn down Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> let them let them fly their free flags. And it, dude, it was really weird though. <laughs> I was a women's lacrosse coach, and I'd go to tournaments and like in between games, you would see some of the coaches reading Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> and like one of my coaching friends asked me if I read it, and I, I like you know that's where I draw the line. I actually read the first book in the Hunger Games trilogy because I knew a bunch of the kids were reading it. Uh-huh. I'm sorry i i i want to connect with you as a colleague and everything I'm not ready <laughs> <that's> yeah <okay. laughs> but dude let let i think I think that was that was that was good it was a a needed outlet and release and maybe just maybe that led to some women feeling a little bit more comfortable being kinky in the bedroom. I support it
1: yeah, but let's be real the the reason these chicks allowed it to happen is because a dude had money, you know what I mean like the the main character in the Fifty Shades, like, dude was a deviant, and but he was allowed to be a deviant sure. because he had money. So those, these women were into, like, the power and all this stuff behind. So it was like, yes, you know, like, there's no way you're going to let some broke-ass
0: dude do some of the shit that rich billionaire dude does. Not until him. after those books came out. Moving on. Avatar. And we we're t- we we're talking about the James Cameron movie Avatar, not the animated series of Sane name. Um, I did watch that. <laughs> I, I, if there was a sex scene in, in the a- animated Avatar: The Last Ender, uh, Airbender, I definitely blocked that out. We we're talking about the tendril sex scene in Avatar. D- do you see that one? Yeah, because they have the long ponytail
1: uh, organs. I guess it looks like it's part of their hair kind of thing, and then they use those to like. They intertwine and they do like some sex like thing.
0: It was it was weird. It was like <laughs> yeah, and and that was that was fine. You know what? That that was a, a sort of poetic way to show sex from a different species. But <laughs> there's a big but. That's also the thing that they used to control the animals. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> like if I use my dick to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, if it's like you wanted to ride a horse and you just really had to ride it. You couldn't ride it side saddle. You could only ride it from the back. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus. Scotsmen are like, what? What's wrong with that? I don't understand. <laughs> Sheep fuckers. Sheep shaggers. The, the the next movie on the list, uh, I just wanted to put that in there because I remember that coming out when I think we were in high school or maybe maybe uh, late middle school. Wild Things. There was a threesome between Nev Campbell, and Denise Richards, and what's his name? Matt Dillon? sure yeah Uh uh-huh that was just a really hot scene
1: nev campbell's hot already like Uh already and uh denise richards also hot and denise richards young denise richards for sure even older she's she's attractive she's like a milf she's like a milf or probably gilf now i don't know how you know if she's got grandkids but yeah both of them in their prime or even even at the time of the wild things they were
0: younger and and tight well, and, and <laughs> listen, listen, children, get, gather around the fire, and I'll tell you a tale of our youth back in my day. It was harder to get porn when you were a young man. Yeah. They had to sneak really sexy scenes into movies. And yeah. I swear to God, somebody out there was like, okay, we want a sex scene with Nev Campbell and Denise Richards. Just write a whole movie around so we can make that happen. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that movie was wild things. You know, God bless them. Maybe it was not the... A uh, masterpiece of high art that some other movies were, but it fulfilled a very specific role, and I appreciate them for that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. That movie cannot hold a candle to the sex scene that's coming up next. Uh oh, Team America: World Police. <laughs> Good God, that is puppets,
1: fuck, puppets fucking.
0: Oh, just graphic, graphic puppet sex. Um, it, it that that movie did a great job, kind of in the same way uh, that South Park does. And the, the Team America World Police is from the creators of South Park, and where they used kind of janky uh, production values in South Park, it was you know kind of silly animation, and Team America World Police, it was just <laughs> really cheesy puppeteering to sort of soften some of the more crass humor. And man, if you've never seen two puppets just going at it doggy style, you're missing out. Yeah. <laughs> and. I, I do want to add, that I, I, this is not from the, the Puppet Sex, but there's one of the all-time greatest monologues in movies, uh, and this, this, was, this was it. We're dicks. We're relentless, arrogant, stupid dicks, and the Film Actors Guild are pussies, and Kim Jong-il is an asshole. Pussies don't like dicks because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes. Assholes that just want to shit on everything. Pussies may think they can deal with assholes their way. But the only thing that can fuck an asshole is a dick with some balls. The problem with us dicks is they fuck too much. Or they fuck when it isn't appropriate. And it takes a pussy to show them that. But sometimes, pussies... Oh my god. Pussies can... Uh, can be so full of shit that they become assholes themselves because pussies are an inch and a half away from the assholes. I don't know much about this crazy, crazy world, but I do know this. If you don't let us fuck this asshole, we're going to have our dicks and our pussies all covered in shit. That's just cinema at its finest. Guys, if you've never seen that movie, you need to check it out. Uh, The next movie on our list is Deadpool, which... Just features a very creative sex scene montage. Yeah, Marina Beckerin is
1: fucking hot, dude. I first remember seeing her in the uh, Firefly uh, show series show. Thought she was hot then, and a much more older Marina Beckerin Let's face it, what's his name is is an attractive dude too. So it's like two hot people fucking.
0: Uh huh. And, and and so in this montage, yeah, Marina Bacherin and Ryan Reynolds just sort of fuck their way through the different seasons. So they're they're you know, wearing uh, Halloween costumes, fucking Halloween. They've got little, I, th- I think they have little Santa hats while they're fucking on Christmas. Um, the, the two that really stand out is when they get to Lent, they're just like both kind of both sitting there reading books, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a nice little joke. But the the one that everybody remembers is they get to a- International Women's Day, and uh, there's a little bit of pegging going on. Yeah, yeah. There's Ma- Marina Bachrin is strapped up, and ready to go if you catch my drift, Armando. Yeah, I get it. I get strapped it. up mm-hmm. with the strap on. Get it? I wouldn't strapped do up. it. I wouldn't do it if it was Marina Bachrin. <laughs> Only if we were making. Wait, hold on. Only if we were
1: making <laughs> love. <You're> making love. <laughs> <laughs> if um, we're fucking, that's no way. But if we're
0: making love, all right, have at it. the The next scene on our list is from the 1992 movie Basic Instinct were like, they just did not give a fuck. They're like, we're going to just put a hardcore porn scene in a mainstream movie because it's the 90s. We do what we want. Uh, that scene was between Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. Yeah, yeah. You remember that one? Yeah,
1: Sharon Stone's famous scene of the whole the whole leg thing and all that showing her with Jai I
0: think that was from a different movie, but yeah. Sharon Stone was one of the sex symbols yeah. uh, of the era. Uh, I think... I'm trying to remember the movie that you're talking about. I think that was a different one, though. All right. I'm going to move on. I wanted to look it up, but but I'm reading the thing, so I can't do that. The next to last movie on the list is Titanic. Leo DiCaprio, who's a f- sexual fiend. Uh-huh. Um, speaking speaking of me giving you shit about 16-year-old girls, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, would be like, okay, two more years, and and then... It's my time to shine, but it was yeah. Leo and Kate Winslet, and there was of course the famous scene where he's sketching just beautifully naked Kate Winslet, and he says, "Draw me like one of your French." Oh no, she says it. She, she says that would be a lot weirder if that was a role reversal. It was naked Kate Winslet sketching Leonardo DiCaprio. No, she she says, "Draw me like one of your French girls, Jack," and then they steam up the windows.
1: Yeah, I remember them boning in the, the you know the. I think it was like a Model T or whatever fucking cars were around back then. And then the, the glass just gets all foggy. I'm like, ooh, that's some good hot fucking. I've, got,
0: I've done that inside my car a couple times. Um, Pretty cool. Good to hear. <laughs> and the last movie on the list, uh, I'm going to say, is the most iconic sex scene in the history and future of cinema to come. Come get it. Uh and probably like if there's alternate universes, parallel worlds, still the most iconic sex scene, and that is Jason Biggs in American Pie Fucking the Pie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's a memorable one for sure. I mean, hell, it's why the the franchise survived. If you think about it, they made like six movies off of the American Pie franchise, and it was all from that scene. Like that scene uh-huh. put the movie on the spot, like uh, on the spotlight. And obviously, that's why they made, like I said, a ton of spinoffs and shit.
0: Well, and you got to remember, at the time, raunchy movies had just not pushed the boundaries that far yet. So that was, like, shocking. We're like, no, he's not going to. There's no way. Because they set it up. You you saw where it was going, it was going and, and you still were sort of in disbelief. And I think the genius of that scene was, like, they pushed the boundary of where it was no longer – it wasn't, like, completely – so creepy and fucked up that it wasn't funny but like they got right up to the edge yeah. and then Jason sort of uh, Biggs stuck his dick and they're like oh we're past the edge and then he pulled it out and he was like no no we're, we're back we're <laughs> back on the safe side of the, the line and that, that movie and that scene will live in infamy uh, Jason Biggs you may have ruined your whole career by sticking your dick in a pie but we salute you sir yeah because wasn't that kind of part of a little bit of a a bit where he the,
1: i'm referred to as a pie
0: fucker no matter what i do people always remember me as the pie fucker dude you stuck your dick in a pie yeah <laughs> and that was our review of some of the greatest sex scenes in history the next list we're gonna do is a top 10 desserts that we put our dick in. Aaron, <laughs> number 10, <laughs> lemon meringue pie. Whoa. It was it felt good but it stung a little bit. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh man. We didn't prepare that. No, that was we, we we improv that yeah, yeah. for you guys. Yeah, you're welcome.
1: You're welcome degenerates in Canada. We love you. A hey. Fuck it. Let's
0: go. Let's go. You know what? We're going to, we're going to take a uh, brief detour from the sex stuff. (laughs) And we are going to talk about a Netflix show. Oh, we're going to try to mix in some of the sex stuff you watch. Uh, this week on new on Netflix, we're reviewing station 11, which is actually not on Netflix. It is on HBO max. Uh, station 11 is based on the book of same name by Emily St. John Mandel, uh, As far as I can tell, our girl ESJM was like, okay, I want to write Mad Max, but somehow make it even weirder, have Mel Gibson be a girl, and swap biker gangs for high school theater troops. I think that's a pretty good summary. Um, Because yeah, at at its heart, Station 11 is a post-apocalyptic story where a swine flu wipes out 999 out of every thousand people on earth. This had to be absolutely insane for the cast because they started filming the show in January of 2020, like right as Corona is breaking. So like, like the way I thought about it, that would be like filming the movie Accused and then going to a Harvey Weinstein dinner party. <laughs> uh, speaking that that did not make our top sex scene list because that is a fucked up scene. Like you, you could probably just skip that all together. Yeah, in the movie Accused, I have not seen that movie. You, you get the you yeah, get yeah, it from yeah, context. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but you, look on, on a brighter note, uh, the show's cinematographer for Station Eleven, Stephen Cosens, did an amazing job. I thought the sh- the show is absolutely gorgeous and shot with really rich, vibrant colors, unlike most post apocalyptic shows. Yeah. Walking Dead is is like uh, one step away from being a black and white movie, practically. Very, very muted color palette. And in another unusual choice, the episodes in Station Eleven unfold using non-linear storytelling. Shows like Lost made this popular using flashbacks as a tool to, to disguise shitty character development. Uh But Station Eleven uses a much more uneven approach, jumping back and forth between different timelines, sometimes giving you only second-long flashes of the past or future. It serves as an interesting narrative tool and does a phenomenal job making you forget how little certain aspects of the show make sense. Like, did the virus also wipe out 99% of all solar technology? And did the virus somehow make future horses stronger? Because, like, how in the world... Did a single horse pull an eight thousand pound travel trailer? Don't 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 think about it. Did Did you like that that sort of jumping back and forth, or did you find it distracting?
1: Um, I think the show needed it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't particularly like it, but I think the show needed it
0: too. I, I agree. I think it worked. I think for this show it worked, whereas some other shows that might have been annoying. Yeah. But it kind of, it also kind of kept you guessing a little bit yeah, about yeah, yeah. how certain things unfolded or, or where certain people ended up. See, I'd say all in all, it's best not to think too heavily about the logistics of Station Eleven, and focus on tremendous uh, performances by the actors. The show stars Mackenzie Davis as Kirsten, a pre pan survivor. The older, the older Kirsten. Correct. Uh, yeah, she she's appeared in a lot of post-apocalyptic. Uh, movies and shows you may remember her as a terminator in terminator dark fate she was a member of the replicant freedom group in blade runner 2049 and she was herself on a 2018 episode of the late show with james corden which to me was the most terrifying post-apocalyptic show of them all fucking james corden do you like that guy
1: no, he annoys me and his show, and it's just too. Anyway, it's not my. It's not my cup of tea. I know
0: it was. It was harrowing watching that episode for research purposes. <laughs> um, and you know, I think Mackenzie Davis is a very capable lead, but I felt some of the supporting actors really stole the show in true theater kid fashion. Uh, in particular, I thought Matilda Lawler was phenomenal as young Kirsten. Possibly the most adorable homicidal maniac to ever race this small <laughs> <laughs> screen. Yeah, she was good. There's a scene where She's just like, like stone-faced learning how to throw knives. Yep. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrifying. Yep, yep. Daniel Zavato was amazing playing Holden Caulfield if he started a cult. And Himesh Patel is great as Jeevan in Adventures in Post-Pandemic Babysitting. Uh, was there any other actors that really jumped out to you? The uh, I,
1: I don't know the actress's name, but... Um. Uh, the uh. The the cast, the traveling cast, the traveling whatever they're they're called, traveling symphony, traveling symphony. There was the one girl that was always playing second fiddle to Kirsten. That mm-hmm. in the end, kind of like I th- thought she did a great job acting.
0: Um. So, so just to clarify what Mondo was talking about in the the sort of future timeline, which I think takes place like twenty years after this pandemic, uh, Kirsten is a member of this traveling theater group. Uh, and musicians called the Traveling Symphony, and they they have this loop that they go, and they call it the wheel, where they visit different sort of s- survivor towns, and they perform. I th- it seems like mostly just Shakespeare.
1: Mostly Shakespeare, yeah. Like it's all serious drama, and and done with uh, you know uh, torches and and uh, homemade uh, so, costumes. It's and fun. Shit. So, so
0: you like the 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 actors playing the character who is actually trying to upstage Kirsten in the show? Yes. Anybody else?
1: Yeah, the other one is the, um, not the, the, the the two actors, Rosa Kent and Gilderstern, the guy that ends up going to the airport and he, like, does his own thing. The the, old gay Conor McGregor? Old gay Conor McGregor. (laughs) He did, he was a, a, his acting was like, holy shit. Like,
0: he, he he was great and he delivers, it was a a sort of a, uh, Take off of the Independence Day monologue Yeah, yeah It (laughs) was was the Independence (laughs) Day Pretty much Yeah (laughs) Which is hilarious Because it is like it it is a very serious Sort of tense show And like he was trying to pull people together And and he did it by um, Reciting fucking uh, You know Yeah A scene from a fucking show So The show is is a lot more serious Than a lot of the, the shows that we've talked And it juggles themes of family and loss But I'd say the main motif is the role of art it explores how art can give people hope even when uh, things seem bleak, how art can inspire people to push forward even when they feel abandoned, and find their inner strength to recruit an army of expendable child soldiers. <laughs> Fuck. But, but that, yes, that is a thing yeah, that happens. Uh-huh. Uh, but most of all, it shows how art can bring people together, whether it's from different backgrounds or different timelines. So... If you didn't like Station Eleven, you're, like, totally not cool and are officially uninvited from being in my play. I give Station Eleven a dramatic 8 out of 10 stars. Ooh, you liked it more than I liked it. I thought it was more like a 7. Yeah, we're in the same ballpark. I actually, I'm glad that you liked it that much because I didn't know if this would be your cup of tea at all.
1: Like I said, when you asked me earlier about the the timeline jumping and all that, I I think if it wasn't for the timeline jumping and they just told a linear story, Mm -hmm. like... You would watch it, but like, why? The, you you would tell you like, why the fuck am I watching this show? This is a fucking waste of time. But like Aaron said, the fact that they did this time sequence jumping up and down thing, it led to like clues. It's like you're you're unraveling a a, a, a kind of a, a mystery on your own, just trying to
0: figure out what the fuck happened. Putting the puzzle together with like half the pieces.
1: Yeah, and so yeah, the timeline stuff added to it for sure. It's, uh, there were some very good, strong actors acting performances mm-hmm. in the show. But I think outside of that, like the actual plot of it and and how they go about it was kind of like, all right,
0: yeah. and that's what I was saying. Like a lot of it just doesn't really make sense if you you delve into that. And and at the end, which I enjoyed, it it really was much more of a show about character and theme. Yeah. Um. Because like if you look, like a lot of these, you know, post-apocalyptic shows really are sort of plot driven. It's oh, we have to get the thing from here so we can get the car, and it's like. It's a very tried and true formula, and this was a little bit different. and just to me, it felt way less depressing than those shows, I think because of that yeah um and again, I just I do go back to it was shot so differently. I really thought so much of the way they saw this future world was actually kind of beautiful where you know everything was overgrown. It was very green and lush. there's like plant life everywhere, yeah, because everything's
1: overgrown, everything the you know nothing's been camped. there's no. People are farming. Everything is just growing out of control.
0: And, and you know, the, the, the characters are dressed in really bright colors, which, again, you don't normally see. So it, it just – it kind of hit differently. And there is one moment in particular where they sort of – they tie the play of Hamlet really beautifully yeah. into everything that's happening. And that's that was the one moment in the show where I was just like, mm, chef's kiss, like bravo. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, and, and I think to, for me personally – a lot of the other sort of frustrating elements in the show felt a little bit more earned when they tied it all together like that. So, again, 8 out of 10 for me, and I, I actually think the 7 out of 10 for Armando is even higher praise because, <laughs> like I said, I thought Armando might be like one episode in and be like, fuck the show. Yeah, no, we had – I, I in the beginning, I really was
1: like, okay, I want to see this. I want to see what's going. Nice. But the way, the way it had wrapped up felt like – okay all right uh yeah i I appreciate it for what it was supposed to be i like and yeah you're right that whole the whole build-up with the hamlet uh i guess ties and parallels it made me want to like read hamlet because i had i mean if i did I was like in high school when i did it or maybe uh college i don't remember when but i praise for a show it made (laughs) someone want to read shakespeare yeah yeah i mean i want to i want to read it to see it might make it might it might strengthen some of the bigger ties in the show Another thing I was asked I asked Aaron about it because the there is a fictitious novel graphic novel in Station 11 mm-hmm. that plays a very important role in the in, with the entire, you know, plot uh structure and I asked Aaron if, if he if he knew that if that book was actually like a real thing and I guess we determined that it isn't. It isn't really... I, I
0: I tried to find it and yeah. it does not seem to actually exist. Cuz I would cuz if it did
1: exist, I think that's another thing I would want to read to maybe Provide further like context with what was going on in the show because you could you kind of get some of it sprinkled in you yeah. know
0: I mean essentially it's it's a graphic novel that's just so amazing that it starts a whole religion basically yeah, yeah which yeah I think it's good that they only explored it in in small sections because I, I think it probably would have been ultimately disappointing if they tried to give you the entire thing you'd be like oh this isn't as cool as it seemed like it was in the show but Mondo, I've got one last question for you. I remember, I remember damage. That that could be a sexual <laughs> position. <laughs> I remember damage. Um, yeah, and on that note, because we, we, we do have to tie this all back into the theme sure. of the whole show. Uh-huh. Uh, who on the cast is most bangable? Most bangable. Huh. I'd have to look them up. This this is not this is
1: not a show where you think you watch it thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to look it up.
0: Is, is, is it old gay Conor McGregor? No. Come on, man.
1: What? I'm all for he, a gay He, he had a certain
0: sexual magnetism. Can you... I mean, not unlike Billy Bob Thornton. No. Do, Billy, you, do you deny that? What? Billy Bob Thornton having some sexual... Prompt? No, that the the guy in Station Eleven
1: had a little, little, little something something. No, not the fucking old Conor McGregor, dude. No. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking... I mean, I I know who the, the oh is you, uh, are you just, quickly, but are you going to say Lori Petty? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Uh, the girl from Tent Girl and oh, whatever. Oh, in the army now. No,
0: I wasn't going to say her. She, she 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 was the like the director of the traveling. Yeah, symphony. yeah. I I would just just
1: go with the obvious, just the main character. I would think uh, M- Mackenzie Davis. Although I,
0: she doesn't like really. Do it for me. Do it for me. But yeah, she's like physically attractive for sure. As far as the characters in the show, I'd be a little bit scared if I'm. I'm talking about the character, not the actress. Like which character was the most bangable? Um, Because I feel like I feel like she might like slit your throat when she was done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, The 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 one who who was uh, she gave a very understated but strong performance, and was certainly there was certainly some sexual magnetism. Was the the miranda character who wrote the station 11 comic book oh the
1: african american broad
0: yeah uh-huh. yeah she, she was sexy as hell and like she might like light the building on fire yeah yeah but like that that would be hot literally and figuratively yeah no i didn't get i didn't get a
1: boner cuz she cuz she did have like that like some art some art artistic people Are naturally they're not of this world. The way that they carry themselves, the way that they live, the way that they just do things, and this—it's like having sex with an alien. This this girl turned on this girl um, that writes the Station Eleven fiction book is one of these like artistic people for sure. Like she's she's off her rocker a little bit. So that did not that did not give
0: me any. (laughs) I did not get any sexual nothing from her at all. All right, fair enough. That concludes episode sixty-nine. <laughs> we did it. We did it, guys. We got through it. Yeah. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh I I, I like I said, I was Amondo, I was really afraid that I'd spent my creative wad too early, but I sort of charged back up and we got round two and let's go. Uh thank you guys for listening and watching us on YouTube's Sundays
1: at around two ish or two thirty ish or two forty five. <laughs> But just jump on YouTube around that time. Check us out. Talk shit to us on our YouTube chat. Um, Twitch coming up soon, pretty soon. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you guys in a week. Bye-bye. Peace.